the November 2022 edition of Agribusiness News, brought to you by the Farm Advisory Service. Agribusiness News helps you to scan your horizon, prepare for industry changes, and keeps you abreast of the latest research and policy updates. Along with our regular monthly updates on policy briefs, cereals and oilseed rape, beef, sheep and milk, in this edition we're also bringing you two sector overviews on scheming with nature and talking turkey. We will also be bringing you news from a banking expert and the 2022-23 Farm Management Handbook. First up is this month's news. A year ago, on the eve of COP26, the eyes of the world were on Scotland. With a degree of irony, world leaders flew in seeking to accelerate action towards the goals of the Paris Agreement and the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. Roll forward a year, and while the hope is that COP27 will be the turning point where the world came together and demonstrated the requisite political will to take on the climate challenge through concerted, collaborative and impactful action. The eyes of the world are more inwardly focused as the cost of living crisis starts to bite. For many, the thinking will not be about turning down the heating to save the planet. It will be if they can afford to have any heating at all. With all agricultural sectors battling the alignment of the now well-documented cascading crisis of Brexit, Covid and the profound impact on national and global economy due to the invasion of the Ukraine by Russia. The fourth horseman of the apocalypse in the form of avian flu is threatening to gallop through the poultry sector. However, as our Talking Turkey article highlights, the UK's love of a traditional Christmas should provide much-needed support for the industry, although early ordering is advised to avoid disappointment. With the recent political turmoil and its effect on the economy, our Beef Sector article highlights the impact of food inflation on our domestic markets, while our Sheep article highlights the importance of sterling exchange rates on our ability to compete on the global stage. Our guest article this month from Dr Maria Carvalho, NatWest Head of Climate Economics and Data, explains the complexities of getting the economics right to achieve a sustainable food system. With the UN Biodiversity Conference, COP15, on the horizon, this month's article on nature conservation highlights how farmers, crofters and producers can access support funding to help achieve COP15 vision of living in harmony with nature, a positive sentiment to end on. Moving on to this month's policy briefs, there are a number of key areas to note. Following on from the 2019 Grouse More Management Report, tighter laws around grouse shooting in Scotland are being considered in an effort to protect wildlife and the environment and to ensure that grouse moors are managed in a sustainable way. The consultation will seek views on a wide range of topics related to wildlife, including introducing a licensing scheme for grouse shooting, increased regulation of muir burn, the burning of vegetation to maintain moorland, banning the use of glue traps, and increased regulation of other wildlife traps. 
For further information, please visit the Wildlife Management Consultation section of the Scottish Government website. The consultation process ends on the 8th of December 2022. To ensure all short-term lets are safe and to assist with handling complaints and address issues faced by neighbours, short-term lets licensing scheme legislation has been passed that requires properties being used as short-term lets to be licensed. From October 2022, new hosts must apply for a licence and all existing short-term let hosts must have applied for a licence by the 1st of April 2023. You can check the Scottish Government guidance on the Scottish Government website to establish if your property will be required to be licensed and what you are required to do. In response to the cost of living crisis and following on from legislation introduced during the COVID pandemic, under the temporary power afforded under the Cost of Living Tenant Protection Bill, the Scottish Government has introduced a cap on rents for residential tenancies. The rent rise cap has initially been set at 0% and will be in place until at least the 31st of March 2023, with provision made for two further six-month extension periods. The Bill also introduced a moratorium on evictions, except in a number of specified circumstances. Damages for unlawful evictions have been set at 36 months rental equivalent. Looking further afield, the EU has announced it will publish its long-awaited communication on fertilisers on the 9th of November. This is part of the EU effort to tackle the disruption caused by the Ukraine war. While the communication will cover the availability and affordability of fertilisers at both EU and global level, of greatest interest will be how the EU proposed to make the fertiliser industry less externally dependent, while simultaneously exploring ways to make EU farmers less dependent on fertilisers. In the meantime, as the EU seeks to strengthen its free trade agreement to improve its global access to fertilisers, it is proposing a temporary suspension of customs tariffs on ammonia and urea until the end of 2024. Linked to the tragic loss of 6,000 cattle and 41 crew when the Gulf Livestock One sank in high seas in 2020 and the recent free trade agreement negotiations with the UK and the EU, New Zealand MPs have approved a new Animal Welfare Amendment Bill banning live exports by sea on the 30th of April 2023. Somewhat ironically, the UK Kept Animals Bill, which includes the banning of live exports for slaughter, fattening for slaughter, is still progressing through Parliament. Australia has also confirmed its commitment to ban live exports, but it is not expected to be introduced before 2025. Key dates to note. 9th of November, Agricultural Wages, Agricultural Bill Consultation online event takes place at 7pm. 15th of November, Modernising Agricultural Tenancies, Agricultural Bill Consultation online event takes place at 7pm. 30th of November, 
Scottish Upland Sheep Support Scheme application period closes. Moving on to cereals and oilseed rape. World grain production is forecast to fall below consumption for the fifth year in a row. This has resulted in global grain stocks to use ratios falling to lowest levels in 10 years. Stocks as a share of supply are expected to fall by four days to 96 days of supply, representing a fall of 18 days since the highs in 2016. On an historic basis, these stocks use ratios are not particularly low with values in the 70 days being seen in the past. However, the big difference now is in the countries holding these stocks and today it is China that is responsible for an unprecedentedly high share of global grain stocks. The stocks left with major exporters are at a low level and it is these that drive pricing. The global stocks use ratio above all else is the most important factor underpinning price direction in global grain markets. While day-to-day supplies may be sufficient, the market becomes very sensitive to adverse weather in major producing regions, the planting decisions of farmers at key points, the next major one being US spring sowings, political or economic shocks. This all means volatility, witnessed by big swings in global and UK grain prices in response to escalation of the war in Ukraine earlier in October. For farmers, this creates risks and opportunities. Large price swings will occur and during the highs there are currently and soon will be more opportunities to sell grain at a profitable level, both crops in the shed and in the ground. Just be aware that these opportunities come and go and it is important to recognise profitable sales opportunities and sell a proportionate percentage as the year develops. Winter crops in the ground can be sold for November 2023 at similar prices to current markets. This is an unusual situation and indicates market concern about future supply. Current forward wheat prices in Scotland are the same as spot values at around £265 per tonne X farm for wheat. Forward rapeseed prices are around £20 per tonne lower at £535 per tonne X farm. Key drivers and decisions are as follows. The level of UK grain exports. The UK has an increased surplus of wheat and barley this season for export. Weakness in sterling has got the season off to a good start. Global market direction is key. Russia and Ukraine. Russia has a large wheat surplus and needs cash to fund its war. The UN agreement to allow Ukraine wheat exports ends on the 20th of November. Will the Russians renew? If not, expect a sharp rise in grain prices as this would also jeopardise Russian exports as shipping and insurance agreements also benefit Russian exports. Canada has a large cereal crop. This is putting pressure on oat and other markets. South American weather. Dry conditions causing difficulties for spring crops in Argentina 
but more favourable in Brazil. The next few months will be crucial in deciding output and soya and maize prices. US Spring Planting Window While this is nearly six months away, what US farmers decide to plant is the single biggest crop decision the world's farmers make. Markets will increasingly focus on this period and the absolute and relative price of maize and soya. Anything short of a record soya and maize crop in South America in the spring will cause market tensions to rise. Keep a close eye on this as it may create selling opportunities before US planting is completed. Now let's move on to beef. The last few weeks of October have provided welcome news to many beef finishers as prices begin to rise as processors start to look a little bit harder for prime cattle to kill ahead of Christmas. With the main Christmas killing period being from early November to early December, it is not unexpected that the prices have risen. It has been well documented that many processors kill numbers have been boosted in recent months by cull cows and now as they must fill their chills with prime beef for the festive period the pressure is on to find enough prime cattle. For the week ended 15th October 2022 the R4L price for Scotland was 457.2 pence per kilogram. Whilst it is good to see a lift in the price of beef when producers are facing ever-rising input prices, it is hard to remain optimistic that this rise in price will be sustained post-Christmas. Food inflation combined with the energy cost rises and increasing interest rates are putting pressure on consumers' budgets and this is resulting in shoppers buying less beef per shopping trip. This is borne out by the Kantar data for consumer spending for the 52 weeks ending 2nd October. Although year-on-year consumer spending on beef appears to be up by 1.1% year-on-year, factoring in that the average price of beef has risen by 10.5%. In reality, consumers have reduced the amount of beef that they have bought over the past year by a staggering 11%. Although still strong, the cull cow trade has started to dip back as spring calving herds start to PD and house cattle resulting in more numbers being available, alongside in the run-up to Christmas processes shifting towards prime beef. While in the face of current economic pressures on consumers, the demand for manufactured beef is expected to remain strong into next year. The well-documented challenge to this is the continued reduction in the Scottish breeding herd and the effect that that has on overall critical mass. Looking at slaughtered data for Scotland for January to September 2022, 7% more cows were slaughtered compared to the same period for 2021. More worryingly, When we look at July, August and September 2022, in those three months alone, we have killed 14% more than those three months in 2021. The common theme for both forward stores and wean calves at the recent store sales is that well-fed and well-bred cattle continue to be cashed easily, with prices at a similar level to last year and 10-15% to above 
the five-year average, with weathered, leaner and lighter cattle being more difficult as finishers weigh up the cost of feed to get those leaner types moving. Those with stores to sell this back end need to weigh calves at weaning. In some areas, calf weaned weights may be lighter than last year due to the adverse summer weather. West Coast weaned calf sales in recent weeks. Oban bullocks averaged £673. Heifers averaged 586 Dalmali bullocks averaged £708. Heifers, £615. As weight of calves is driving demand in the sale ring, it is important to review feeds available and analyse silages to work out if there is potential to put weight on calves before selling. However, be mindful of costs and whether you may just be better off selling now. Autumn bull sales have passed with reasonable results for most breeds with the continental breeds achieving higher clearance rates than some of the native breeds. Some top prices were being paid by pedigree breeders and there were strong prices for the best commercial bulls, showing a level of confidence from the commercial breeders. Compared to October 2021, only seven less bulls were sold between the four main breeds at Sterling this year. Moving on to the sector focus on nature conservation. Scottish Government have indicated in the months since the Glasgow COP26 conference that they want to see transformational change within the agricultural sector and at landscape scale. If we are, as a society, to meet the challenges of climate change and nature decline. In 2019, the State of Nature report was released detailing how Scotland's priority species, habitats and larger ecosystems have changed over the decades, using 1970 as a baseline. In many ways, the report was a challenging read, with findings suggesting that some 37% of species surveyed had seen declines in the last decade. It should also be said that the same report indicates that 30% of species have seen increases and the remaining 33% showing little change. Some might be tempted to suggest the findings are unremarkable and that fluctuations over time are inevitable. However, fragility in some areas can impact the whole system and it is increasingly important that, as policy driver, farmers and crofters are engaged with the topic. To address Scotland's nature decline, the Scottish Government have supported and continued to support the Agri-Environment Climate Scheme, also known as EECS, as its principal environmental scheme. EECS was launched back in 2015 and over the years has provided funding support for sustainable land management practices and capital to enhance those activities. The scheme provides farmers and crofters with a five-year contract, committing them to a set of management requirements based on chosen voluntary options that can be allocated to a variety of different land types. In practice, this means that a business receives offered an area-based payment on top of their basic payment, 
providing for many a sense of security and continuity. Eeks is, however, not for the faint-hearted. To ensure value for money and genuine environmental benefits, each application is scored in a competitive manner, with only the highest scoring in a given year being offered a contract. This focus on high perceived nature conservation benefit means that often the most successful applications have a dynamic mix of different management and capital items. Prospective applicants must go through a rigorous process, providing information and maps discussing habitat types and condition, management history, impact on priority species and protected nature sites. Cumulating in a site visit with your allocated case officer and a final decision on your application. Interested farmers, crofters and landowners can find their own eligible management and capital items options on the Rural Payments and Services website. For those looking to achieve a more bespoke nature outcome, one that does not easily fit within the purview of EECS, the Nature Restoration Fund could fit the bill. Nature Restoration Fund offers capital support for nature conservation outcomes that the applicant details and proposes, so different to opting into set management requirements. The fund has two streams, Helping Nature, which supports projects between £25,000 and £250,000, and Transforming Nature, which deals with proposals with a value more than £250,000. The fund has five funding priorities. Habitats and species, fresh water, coastal and marine, invasive and non-native species, and urban environment. Linking multiple priorities can increase the prospect of a successful application for further information, please visit the Nature Scott website. EECS has been confirmed for an additional two funding rounds before the end of 2024 and is expected to return in spring 2023. The next round of the Nature Restoration Fund is expected to be in late autumn 2022. For more information on your environmental options, the Farm Advisory Service has a range of support to help you decide what is right for your business, including the Funded Advice Helpline and Specialist Advice for Biodiversity, Habitat and Landscapes on the FAS website. Moving on to the sheep industry. The lamb finished price has held extremely well over the last month. A lot has happened financially in the UK over this period including the pound being at a record low against the dollar. On the 26th of September, one pound equals $1.035. With a weak pound, our exports are favourable for our European customers, while anything we are importing has been at a premium. We have a tight domestic supply, with AHDB figures showing the production of UK sheep meat in September being 11% lower than 2021. This is driven from the drought in the summer impacting lamb growth, as well as the additional bank holiday for the Queen's funeral impacting the kill pattern for the month. Combined with this low supply and high demand from the EU for lamb, 
With low supply and high demand, we have the perfect combination to sustain current high prices throughout the winter. Coal U prices have weakened over the last month as supply has increased with pre-tupping MOTs on late and hill lambing flocks. Strong continental types are still well in demand. As we approach tupping, the supply will shorten, which will aid a price rise in culls. Looking at store sales, light lambs are showing the largest change year on year, largely due to the high price of feed and low supplies of forage in some areas. On the week 15th of October 22, medium lambs averaged £2.33 per kilogram and heavy lambs averaged £2.27 per kilogram, showing those medium to short keep lambs are favoured over the long keep lamb, which will carry higher variable costs over the finishing period. Deadweight prices have remained at a premium in Europe, with French lamb at €7.97 per kilogram deadweight, and Spanish lamb at €7.22 per kilogram deadweight on the week ending the 1st of October. In comparison, for the same week, UK lamb was at €6.01 per kilogram deadweight. Despite the French-UK price differentials, the French consumer has a great sense of patriotism and sense to support their local markets. This is a perception of quality coming from their own particular province or regional area, which assists in keeping the price at a premium. In addition, there is a high population of Muslims in France. Muslim people genuinely eat a high volume of sheep meat, with it being the principal chosen meat for religious festivals such as Ramadan, as well as other family gatherings. New Zealand lamb has held well in dead weight price with 5.72 euros per kilogram for the week ending the 1st of October, while Australian lamb was at 5.06 euros per kilogram. The high price of the New Zealand lamb reduces the appeal from the EU to import it, channeling the product to closer countries reducing costs with transport. The Australian lamb is lower in price due to a higher supply of lamb this year. Following the growth in the national flock after the drought reduced the flock. Now, let's move on to milk. AHDB milk production data shows that output for September 2022 is estimated at 1,155 0.06 million litres before butterfat adjustment, an increase of 0.76 million litres on a year-on-year -year basis. Cumulative UK production for the 2022-23 milk year to the end of September 2022 stands at 7,566.85 million litres before butterfat adjustment which is 96.73 million litres lower output compared with the same time last year. The UK average milk price for September 2022 is estimated at 48.86 pence per litre. This represents a 1.78 pence per litre increase from the previous month of 47.08 pence per litre 
and a year-on-year increase of 17.28 pence per litre from September 2021. The main price changes for November 2022 are as follows. Please note that all prices are in pence per litre. Arla Foods Amber No change to Farmgate milk price for November. The liquid standard litre price holds at 48.96. The manufacturing standard litre holds at 50.91. Arla Foods Organic No change for November. The organic manufacturing standard litre holds at 55.69. The liquid standard litre price holds at 53.57. Arla Direct, 0.56 increase to Farmgate milk price from 1st November for Arla Direct suppliers. This takes the manufacturing standard litre price up to 48.32. The liquid standard litre price increases by 0.54 to 46.43. Muller Direct. No change for November milk price. First milk. Price will increase by 0.30 from 1st November. Fresh Milk Company. Lactalis. The manufacturing standard litre milk price increased by 0.5 from 1st October, taking the milk price up to 49.70. The liquid standard litre milk price increased by 0.48 to 47.80. This announcement was made after the October edition of Agribusiness News was released. Muller Direct and Lidl fixed price. Muller Direct suppliers on contract with Lidl are to receive a 2.00 price increase from 1st November. This takes the liquid standard litre milk price up to 48.00. This is the fourth time that Lidl has increased the milk price for contracted suppliers. The three-year contract was launched in July 2021 with a fixed price of 29.00, some 19.00 below the November 2022 offering. Sainsbury's confirmed another monthly hold on milk price for November. Muller members of SDDG hold at 47.00 for the liquid standard litre, whilst Arla members hold at 46.88. Tesco, no change for November. The liquid standard litre for Muller Tesco suppliers holds at 48.00, whilst the milk price for Arla Tesco suppliers holds at 47.75. The following annual average milk price estimates for November 2022 in pence per litre are Lactalis slash Fresh Milk Company, 47.80. 47.80. First milk liquid, 48.02. First milk manufacturing, 49.69. Muller Direct, 47.75. After something of a recovery to dairy wholesale prices during September, prices have eased back again during October 2022. 
During the summer, prices on the continent have been supported by low production and tight milk supplies. The price of butter, skimmed milk powder and bulk cream have all reduced in October, with the price of mild cheddar holding at £4,860 per tonne. Arla is to introduce a points-based sustainability incentive that will deliver payments to farmer members who are prepared to take action to deliver reductions to greenhouse gas emissions. Arla will set aside three euro cents off the milk price, in addition to the one euro cent for climate check data, to provide an incentive for farmers to take action on five key areas, including feed efficiency, fertilizer use, land use, protein efficiency and animal robustness. The annual cost of the scheme is estimated at around 500 million euros. We're now going to move on to sector focus on turkeys. Turkey farmers have faced a challenging number of years. First, being severely affected by the loss of European seasonal workers for plucking and processing following Brexit followed by Christmas lockdown due to COVID and losses of entire flocks through avian influenza. Now this year's crisis for turkey producers is the rise in the cost of production combined with the cost of living crisis, while also trying to enhance biosecurity to prevent avian influenza and finding seasonal labour. The cost of production for most turkey farmers has increased by 20%. Turkey chicks typically arrive in farms at one day old in the summer. At this point, they require a constant source of heat at 34 to 34.5 degrees Celsius. This heat is reduced down every week and by week 5, the temperature should be 23 degrees Celsius. The cost of providing this heating energy combined with the cost of feed and packaging for the oven-ready birds, has soared since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. With the cumulative 20% increase in the cost of production, translating into an increase of £16 per bird sold retail. While this sounds like a vast increase, let's compare it to everyday items like vegetable oil, pasta and tea, which have increased by 65%, 60% and 46% respectively on the year. Comparing to other meat proteins such as beef, lamb and chicken, a 20% rise is not too dissimilar. Avian influenza or bird flu is a serious notifiable disease of poultry. It is a growing problem with currently several cases being reported a day across the UK. As of 26 October, there are parts of eastern England, Norfolk, Suffolk and parts of Essex under mandatory housing measures for all poultry and captive birds due to a spike of cases in this area. In addition, out with this area, if there are any birds within a protection zone declared around an infected premises, they must be housed. The rest of the UK is currently in an avian influenza protection zone, meaning that all bird keepers must operate strict biosecurity measures to protect their flocks. 
If a turkey producer is confirmed to have avian influenza, then the Animal and Plant Health Agency will take action to reduce the risk of the spread of infection by immediate movement restrictions and compulsory culling birds on site. For notifiable diseases, when compulsory culling is required, there may be compensation. This is not available for birds who have died pre-diagnosis. It is important to ensure you diagnose infection as early as possible to prevent the spread, but also for financial reasons. Any spike in mortality should be investigated by your farm vet immediately. Further guidance for avian influenza can be found at Avian Influenza section of the UK Government website. The Government has issued 2,000 visas through their Seasonal Worker Visa route for temporary migrant workers to work in the UK poultry sector in 2022, plus 38,000 temporary migrants to work in the horticultural sector. This visa route will remain until 2024, but the quota can change each year. Further guidance on seasonal poultry workers can be found at Seasonal Worker Visa Route RFI Notice on the UK Government website. On the positive side, in the UK we love Christmas, food and tradition. All three of these involve the turkey. Consumers treat Christmas as a day of luxury. Food and the table centrepiece is a large part of this. Post-Covid restrictions, consumer habits will be interesting to follow this year, but as eating at home is cheaper than eating out, we may see more people choosing to host large family feasts rather than treating the family at Christmas dinner at a restaurant. People may also choose to stay at home in the UK for Christmas and not holiday abroad, increasing our population of traditional turkey eaters. In the last UK recession, in 2009, turkey sales were reported to have increased, with the premium bronze birds seeing an increase in sales for many producers. With some good cooking skills, a turkey can provide many nutritious meals for families by using the whole carcass and maximising the meat yield through making curries, soups, pies and many more family favourites. Moving on to the Farm Management Handbook. With the importance of forward budgeting and seeking to minimise carbon emissions by maximising technical efficiency, the 43rd edition of the SAC Farm Management Handbook, co-funded by the Scottish Government, is now available to download free on the Farm Advisory Service website. To own your own hard copy of this comprehensive and up-to-date source of farm and rural business management information, please visit the SAC Consulting website or contact us on 01835 823322 or email the Farm Management Handbook team on fmh at sac.co.uk. The handbook includes gross margins and technical details for livestock, crop and organic enterprises. Information on direct payments, basic payment scheme, greening, grant schemes 
and rural development programmes. Guidance on diversification, building and machinery costs, renewable energy, farm woodland, crofting and small farms, new entrants, finance, taxation and much more. Now includes a carbon section which highlights the main greenhouse gases in agriculture, explains how the carbon footprinting process works, identifies mitigation measures and provides farm benchmarks. Finally, we will now discuss management matters from a banker's perspective. This article was written by Dr Maria Carvalho, NatWest Head of Climate Economics and Data. It is fair to say the events of 2022 has led to the reckoning of the modern industrial food system. Businesses in the UK agriculture sector are facing inflation of over 25% and price hikes in the region of 200% for fertiliser, gas and fuel and a raft of other cost pressures on feed, electricity and seeds as a result of combined impacts of inflation, Brexit and the war on Ukraine on supply costs to the industry. The record-breaking heatwave this summer has put further stress on crops that rely on rainfall, such as cereals, and require more careful water management of crops reliant on irrigation, such as potatoes. These geopolitical and climate shocks have drastically diminished farmers' profit and loss margins, threatening the financial viability of farms that are carbon-intensive and vulnerable to climate change. Well before these crises forced their economic reckoning, the modern food system needed to reform its existing practices. The UK is ranked in the lowest 10% of countries globally when it comes to biodiversity, impacted by centuries of agricultural intensification, which have taken a large ecological toll on our natural systems, depleting soils of nutrients, polluting rivers and degrading habitats. Indeed, the very methods that made agricultural areas productive, such as field amalgamation and a move away from mixed farming, with the use of artificial fertilisers, now face serious challenges in terms of their long-term economic and environmental viability. To support farmers through these inflationary challenges, NatWest confirmed a £1.25 billion lending package for farmers this summer through a range of measures including favourable loans, asset finance and increased overdraft limits, taking our total lending capacity to the agricultural sector to over £6.7 billion. Our lending support also aims to help farmers fund their transition to more sustainable practices through the bank's green loans that will help farmers access low carbon equipment and adopt more sustainable practices at low interest rates. Though green loans are meant to reduce farmers' long-term costs on fossil fuel inputs, farmers are reticent to take these loans when it is still unclear whether and how they will be able to repay them. Farmers are unable to pass the full magnitude of their inflationary costs to their buyers to cover their operational costs, let alone taking more debt to cover new capital equipment.
The proposed agricultural subsidy reforms are still unclear on whether they will provide sufficient financial incentive for farmers to change their farming practices to become more sustainable. There are essential ingredients needed to get the economics right for sustainable food system transformation. First, a common set of metrics that defines the environmental outcomes farmers need to achieve must be adopted across the food system. From farms, food manufacturers and retailers, policy incentives and financial solutions. Second, farmers need to be financially rewarded for achieving these environmental outcomes. Agricultural subsidy reforms should be structured at levels that give farmers the confidence to buy equipment and adopt sustainable, regenerative agricultural practices. Food manufacturers and retailers' procurement and payment terms should also reflect the willingness to pay for these environmental outcomes. Finance from banks, but also more innovative financial instruments, can more easily be deployed to farmers when there is clear investment case to pay for environmental outcomes. We're working with farmers, government, businesses, financial institutions and civil society to get the economics aligned to support the transition to a net zero, environmentally sustainable and healthy food system for the UK. Thanks very much for listening to this audio edition of the November 2022 Agribusiness News. This edition was edited by Christine Beaton and included articles written by Christine Beaton, Julian Bell, Leslie Wiley, Alexander Pirry, Kirsten Williams, Alistair Beatty, and guest writer Maria Carvalho from the NatWest Group. Presented by myself, Tiffany McTaggart, and produced by Alistair Trail.